to another episode of the Calcio Connection. We are connecting with you, Italian football fans from all over the world. Uh, the transfer window is closed, so we'll give you some thoughts. Also, review of Match Day 2 in Serie A. And I realized the only thing that we're missing on this episode is a Milanista, because we have four undefeated teams represented. There are only five unbeatens left in Serie A. Uh, we've got me repping Inter. We've got Mass repping Roma, who look really good. They're off to a flying start so far. Of course, Napoli are perfect so far. We have Raf Biz representing them, and Manny as well, the newest Napoli fan. And we have Jerry representing Lazio. So before I, I officially introduce our guest for the day, let me introduce Jerry Mancini. And I want to welcome in Jerry because uh, I know why he's so happy today. You see his tweet here, the newest Lazio signing who arrives before deadline day, Mattia Zaccagni. And, you know, Jerry, we were talking before you hopped on, before we went live. Uh, we're all a little bit uh, a little bit impressed and envious of this move. I mean, Lazio bringing in Zaccagni and bringing him in on an excellent price. Like, did it, you stop stressing about Kostic when they brought in Zaccagni, right? Yeah, just, just everybody knows tonight I have a football draft, so I'm trying to multitask tonight. Let's get a fantasy just so football Everybody draft. knows I am doing this stupid draft. I hate football, but I'm been pressured into doing this stupid draft. I think the NFL is the worst league, probably. What they're good at is advertisement. One Four quarters, and you only watch 14 minutes of football. It makes me mm-hmm. sick to my stomach. But anyways, that tell is us how you really feel. I think it's I technically six, 60 feel. minutes you watch, but it ends up being three hours with all the commercials. Yeah, it pisses me off. I, I can't hey. stand it. Freaking Jerry's downtime. definitely not a fan of baseball. Uh, then. I, I actually don't mind by baseball. I actually like wow. it. I, it's weird because I, I'm not a big fan anymore like I used to. I, I just watch football like European football. Like that's all I watch now since I was in Europe back like in 2018. Um, Raf, this the guy who got me back into football was Sadi. I watched him live against uh Southampton in Southampton for Chelsea, and it was mm-hmm. the best game I ever watched. That was like a beautiful brand of football. Oh, it's my turn. Do I do I go Chris Carson? He's the best Four. available. Eight seconds, shit. <laughs> eight yeah. seconds left. What's the time limit between picks? It's usually like 90 seconds. I want the best available, Chris Carson. All right, all right, all right. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, let me ask you this, Jerry. How much, how how expensive is the buy-in for that league that you're in? 50 bucks. Fuck yeah. Okay. Gas tank, man. God damn it. Although that's 50 bucks Canadian money. So that's like $3 where I'm from. (laughs) (laughs) But no, but I was going to say, if it was anything less than like 50 bucks, I would say you should just fuck you off and just auto draft it but i you know fit you you put down money for a buy-in i can understand you wanted to draft your own players because like man i, I do a lot of leagues every year i'm doing like a few this year that are hundred dollar buy-in i'm doing a fifty dollar buy-in league i even do like a couple of free leagues because people invite me but the free leagues auto draft special i do not waste a second actually going in person to draft in a free league it's just, I, I'll, i'm there i'll check my lineup maybe once per week during the season but i'm going to auto draft on that let me introduce our special guest on this episode representing roma uh we bring him back because we like him and uh and i like the fact that we have multiple baldies on the show to compliment me oh we got three on this one and jerry multiple, you're gonna be there right. before you know it bro yeah jerry <laughs> Join we got us. a little got a little recession going on there. But let me introduce Mass Richo, 
Nass, thank you so much for coming back. How you doing, man? And how you feeling about Roma? Roma are off to a flying start, bro. Oh, this team's looking very, very good. Uh, Tammy Abraham, uh, what more can I say? I've seen him three games now. Absolutely insane. He finally got uh, got himself a goal on Sunday, so can't uh, can't be more happy. We're looking good. And we have Raf Biz on with us representing Napoli, who are also perfect to start the year. You guys labored a little bit against Genoa, but Betania got it done, man. That was a, that was dramatic. And he's staying, right? <laughs> yes, he is. Uh, from what I understand, him and Unas officially are staying. Uh, they had a call up from Sampdoria, <clears throat> Betania at least, but uh, ADL didn't pick up the phone, uh, according to Ferrero, and uh, he he remains on Napoli. So I heard he disconnected his landline. Like he still he, answers a landline. He like pulled the cord out. Yeah, he did. He's <laughs> <laughs> he shut off his cell phone. The Vodafone's done. He didn't want to talk to Ferraro. Oh my god! To, and he, he's on Silencio uh, cell phone. You know, so uh. <laughs> airplane mode. Yeah, right. He's on airplane. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! And of course, we we have a happy happy Laziale in. Jerry Mancini and Jerry, of course, the latest move for Lazio being Zaccagni. Uh, it's it's been a nice window uh, for Lazio, um, and of course, that also includes the manager because Sadri is off to a very nice start. I'm already seeing two games games in. I'm seeing Lazio adapt to Sadri ball better in two games than Juventus did in 38 games a couple of years ago. So I think there there's something to be said for his tutorship. You've got to be pretty happy so far. Pissed off right now. This what? auto draft, man. Who the heck is Darren Wall? Darren Waller, oh, dude. Darren Waller's awesome. Freaking athletic freak, tight end from uh, from Vegas. Okay, I, I, I gotta drift away from this for a second because <laughs> I, I I spend days, years, well, not years, but hours writing and podcasting for cultural. And I might. Uh, how do you watch football? God damn it, man. People are going to like, what, what's going on with this pod tonight, man? Zakani, guys, you know what? I can't, can't believe, believe it. This is I how can't I'm jealous. This is how I'm going to sum up this deal. We stole Leva for $4 million. Yeah. We stole Luis Alberto around $6 million. We stole uh, Immobile for less than $10 million. Um, Sergey <laughs> Malinkovic-Savage, we got under $20 million. This is how we do business, guys. We steal, we pluck good players for good price, for good value. Uh, Korea was $15 million. We turn them into a profit. It's just how Lazio does business. Um, i got to give credit to Latito on this one, even though I kind of called him a cheap ass today. But um, <laughs> Today only. But um, <laughs> Big mouth, it, tight pockets. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how he's going to play under Sari. I guess he can play as a midfielder. He could play as a as a winger. Um, he's a versatile player, so I, I think that it's it's it remains to be seen how sorry will, will want to use him. I would think that he'll play as a winger, maybe on the right side. Um, it's a good signing overall. It didn't cost him a lot of money. Uh, he he's gotten better in the last two seasons. He's gonna play underneath a better coach. Not not, and I might saying Juric was a very good coach, and I thought that he got the best out of him. But Di Francesco could have really ruined him. Who knows? Yeah. I know that he started off the season well. But um, uh, you know what? I, I know we're probably going to talk about – we're going we're, we're gonna to raid our transfer markets. But overall, oh, yeah. 
I'll say just Zakani. I thought Philip Kostic was going to come. I can't believe these idiots didn't know that they didn't want to sell him in the first place. And they sent the first offer to the wrong email. That's a joke. <laughs> it's a joke. I don't. It's not the first time Lazio has done this. I'll be honest. I think this is the second or third time. I don't know who does German, but it's bad enough. Lazio doesn't even have an English account, so that that that's a whole separate. Gotta thing. love Italian administration, can't yeah. you? <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. Does it happen with Napoli and every other team too? Like, does this shit ever happen once in a blue moon? I don't know about no missent emails, but. I can imagine, uh, you know, they have their own problems. Yeah, I mean, I've heard of, uh, like, because I think uh, unless they just abolished this recently, for transfer paperwork, you have to do it by fax. So I've heard about some incidents. I'm not sure specifically with our teams. Maybe I'm wrong, but I've heard of some incidents of, like, the faxes not getting sent properly and so paperwork not getting done by the deadline. So that does happen. I can remember this is not a transfer-related thing, but I remember a few years ago, when Keita Balde was on Inter, uh, Senegal, his national team, was attempting to call him up, and they sent the e- – and this was email, not fax, but they sent the email to, like, the wrong Inter email address, and so he couldn't get called up for international duty. So stuff like this does happen sometimes. You got anything, Manny, on that? Yeah, so real quick, Real Madrid fans should remember that David De Gea was on his way, but apparently Manchester United sent it to the wrong fax. <laughs> <laughs> it's the fucking fax machine. So, so they all that they money and they're the, still working with fax. Figure that. That's what I'm oh. saying. I, listen, I don't know. I, I think it was the Glazers with the old uh, with the old player person. I, I forgot the guy's name. Um, but yeah, they they gave him the wrong number. They sent it over. It Ed Woodward. Fax. Yeah. There you go. Yes, Woodward. So yeah, wrong <laughs> wrong fax number. Delay David oh, De ever unreal. ever leaving and going back to home, which is Madrid. Wow, that is wild. Uh, before we get into our specific clubs and how they did, and, and we could talk also about uh, Milan and Juventus, and since we don't have a Milanista or a Juventino in here, we're probably going to talk some shit, just so you guys know. Uh, but before, although Milan is off to a very nice start as well, I can't say the same for Juve. I mean, Juve, one out of six possible points against the likes of Udinese and then Empoli at home, that is a rough, rough start. But before we get into that, guys, uh, overall, big picture, this transfer window uh, is a tough one for Serie A because a handful of very high-profile players left the country, right? So I want to go around the table, and Mass, I'll start with you, and then Raf and Jerry. Uh, and, and you can add in if there are any other you know big names I may have forgotten here, but we lose Donnarumma from Serie A to PSG. We lose uh, Cristiano Ronaldo to Manchester United, and Romelu Lukaku lost him to Chelsea so which of those do you think is the biggest loss for City? Uh, I'm actually going to vote for Donnarumma, and it's because he's so young and because he's Italian. I mean, one of the faces of Italian football, a Euro champion, was so massive in the Euros in those PK shootouts uh, that I think losing, you know, the best Italian keeper, arguably the best keeper in the world, you know, losing him to another league, uh, I think is going to be the biggest loss. I don't think too many people are surprised maybe of the timing of it so late in the window about Ronaldo leaving, uh, but he's, you know, more of a more of a mercenary uh, anyway. And the Lukaku thing, it was also, I mean, not too surprising with Inter's financial situation, but we did think he was untouchable until he left. But to me, I would say Donnarumma is the biggest loss for Serie A. What do you think, Mass? Uh, I agree. You want to keep your homegrown talent, especially when they shoot up into superstardom like that, and especially when it's showing in the Euros. 
he was massive for Italy. Uh, how many penalty shots did he stop between the Spain and uh, England game? I think he's got like four, maybe four yeah. or five. I lost count. Yeah, he's just <laughs> stopping them, you know? So uh, you want to keep your homegrown talent. Like, okay, like you said, like Ronaldo, he is a mercenary. He kind of just goes wherever his ego tells him at this point because that's the problem with a guy like Ronaldo. As much as he's super talented, yes, he's an absolute freak of nature athletically, his ego gets like kind of tarnishes that for me. He's not a team first kind of guy. Maybe I might be wrong about Messi. Maybe he's a bit more quiet about it, but like Ronaldo is a lot more, you see it more visibly with Ronaldo. Lukaku, I think it was just more inter, not really having a choice because you guys are in like a bit of a financial situation. So it, yeah, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. <laughs> uh, look at that beautiful man. <laughs> I think, I think this, this, I think this doesn't work out for Man United <laughs> yeah. as well as they hope it does. Eh? Doing a, Double work on those. I really don't think so. <laughs> oh, um, man. But no, Donnarumma is definitely the biggest one. Like, he could have been a face for the league, especially when he's showing in the Euro. <laughs> yeah, and like, and, and we, we also, we, we lost Rodrigo DePaul as well. But, you know, just like fame-wise, he's not in the same stratosphere, although it's an excellent player. No, Rodrigo DePaul is more of a if-you-know-you-know you know kind yeah. of uh, kind of player. Like, if you watch City A, you'll know who he is, you know, like. More visible would have been Donnarumma, and like I said, it's a bigger, uh, bigger blow because he's homegrown talent. So, well, and the thing is, and and Raf, I want you to give your take as well. Um, but like Donnarumma, to me, he's a bigger loss for Serie A than he is for Milan because Milan did they did a pretty nice job replacing him. So to me, like just the fact that you know, I'm not saying Milan are in shambles or anything by losing him. I'm sure it would have been nice to get, you know, a transfer fee and not to lose him on a free. But I think he's a bigger loss for Serie A as a whole than he is to Milan because Milan can replace a goalkeeper, but I don't think Serie A can replace one of the faces of Italian football. What do you think, Raph? Uh You took the words right out of my mouth, Alex. I feel the same with, uh, with Donnarumma. Even the fact that he's so young, when he's 22, he's already six years in the league. Uh on top of that, you know, he he just comes off winning the Euros. So, obviously, there's a bigger spotlight on him. Also, I, I hate PSG. I hate how they suck up all these players. <laughs> I'm really sick of them. Uh, if there's anybody that you can call a mercenary team, it's got to be them. Because I, oh, I think that's yeah. all that team is. Uh, and they get pigeonholed in that team. And I, I just don't like it. Ronaldo, great player. I couldn't care less about him on Juve, to be, be honest. And all bias aside, I... I I know he did well, but I'm not sure if Juve needed him really. You know, they they've. I feel like Juve already has a structure. It's like you you get plugged into the system, you play for the system, and they win. Whereas Ronaldo's too big for Juve. I feel like in 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 a sense. Uh, but and as far as Lukaku goes, for me it was a good thing. I really like Lukaku the player. I love watching him with Belgium. You know, he, he played with Mertens. So I always liked Lukaku. Oh, yeah. Uh it was hard to root for him, obviously, when he, you know, when playing for Inter. So now that he's gone, it's a little bit better for me. That's just being biased, but <laughs> you know. Uh, but I, I think overall Donnarumma, the fact that he is Italian, I think he's also southern Italian, mind you. Yeah, he um, is. he's 22, he won a Euro, he's considered one of the top goalies in in uh in Italy. It, it, I think it's a big loss in the long run uh, for 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 Italian soccer. Yeah, Jerry, what do you think? Biggest loss for Serie A is it Donnarumma? Will you make it unanimous, or was it Lukaku? Was it Cristiano? Not Cristiano. Who gives a shit about him? No one gives a fuck about that guy. Mm-hmm. Manny does the Madrista over there. 
with that guy. Go back no, to no, Liga. No, no. Not at all, but I have two theories about that. But Jerry, please go. Um, I don't know. I don't really. I, I, I feel like no one's a loss, really. Seriously. Really? Yeah, no one. Who gives a shit? Like, who cares that? <laughs> who cares that Lukaku left? Who cares that Donnarumma left? Who cares that? I thought like that at first, but then I really thought after. Does it really matter? This team, this league has so much talent that it's not really. If you want to look at it as a PR kind of move or branding, sure, that hurts you. Yeah. Losing Ronaldo does hurt them because it, it does help brand Serie A. But did they ever use Ronaldo right to brand the Serie A? Did they ever use him right to, to get that image out there? No. So at the end of the day, he's not a loss because we don't even know how to use him properly to benefit the league. Um. I think Ronaldo was the biggest loss, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, again, and I'm sure, I'm again, sure, Gerald, G- Gerald, I'm sure Jerry is talking about what you were yeah. saying, marketing and PR. Marketing, yes, yes, absolutely. But but when you look at the league itself, the league is striving fine without him. Like if you if you're watching games, there are every one game, game without like, him. <laughs> no, but I'm talking. I'm not just talking about him. I, I see. About I see. As, as an overall, I watched the Genoa, yeah. Genoa Napoli game on Sunday, and that was like one of the best games I watched this past weekend. It was entertaining. It, 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 okay, fine. It didn't have the the high profile players, sure, but it still had a lot of chances. There were back and forth, some drama, like everything that's going on. It was a good game, like. Politano looked really exciting, and Lozano, and you got Insigne, and you got in Genoa, you got that young kid who's from Genoa. Like, there's just so much things that are going in this league that it's very entertaining. I I, I don't think, I think the league will be fine. Guys, we, we, we average like five goals a game. It's fucking insane. It's, yeah. it's great. Yeah, it's, it's been great exciting soccer. Watch. Like, I got to make my pick here, guys. <laughs> okay, who are you, who you debating between? Who's up there? Jerry's multitasking for. Oh, he's going Aaron Rodgers. What round are you? Aaron Rodgers. No, I I did I did it early seventh round. I wanted a quarterback this year. That's not bad. That's not bad. Seventh rounds are right. Yeah. Who who's this? T Williams from Detroit, wide receiver. Or I I don't watch Lions football. Nobody nobody does, to be honest. Odell. Odell, yeah. Odell's good. Going back to City uh, and the PR marketing, I think there's just bigger issues with the league in general when it comes to that, more so than the players that we lose that could help bring. Yeah, dude, t- tell me about Canada. Like, I feel so bad for you and Jerry. You guys have to like oh, VPN yeah. to watch games. Like, what what's going on up I, there, man? I, I don't understand. They're just isolating an entire fan base. So we have a pretty big fan base here for for culture. We have a lot of Italians across the country, so it makes no sense for them to not have any. Broadcasting rights like TLN has uh, maybe a handful of games, but they're not showing all of them anymore. And I don't know if that has to do with maybe Rai losing um, their rights in North America. But uh, yeah, I've had no choice but to go through a VPN because Fubo TV is doing the same thing. They're not showing every single oh, game. That's rough. Yeah, no, it's unfortunate. I mean, I mean, we're used to kind of getting the short end of the stick here when it comes to uh, Calcio in general and. 
the league the league's just really like dropping the ball at the north american market i mean yeah you guys have it on paramount plus and a couple of other things i think or is it just paramount plus just paramount plus which paramount is plus. i mean it's it, it's fine but it's like yeah but at least like the the, the good thing about espn <laughs> i love how man he's like no it's not fine but the, the good thing about espn was um like i i don't see that much of a difference yet like with the streaming quality i mean two weeks in paramount plus has been fine i have no complaints but the espn deal which was i think the last three seasons they did put one game like on tv one or two games sometimes on tv per week so you could get them all streaming but then at least they would put like a game on usually on espn too sometimes on regular espn so you know you you were exposing more people to calcio where now the only people in the states who are watching it are the people who are paying for it and if you're paying for it you're going to be watching it anyway like you're not going to bring any new eyes to it no that's the and thing think, it's not even yeah. being broadcasted on any like we have tsn which is our equivalent to espn they're not broadcasting any games on any sports channels here. You have to literally go to a channel dedicated to Italian TV based in Toronto. Wow. So that's, yeah. So you're really not getting as many eyes as you'd like. And last year was the zone, but even at that, it's only subscribers, right? So it's not like it's yeah. being broadcasted. It's easily accessible to people. They got to work on that in North America. I think they got to really start getting it out there. But like I said, uh, Italians are stuck and stubborn in their ways. So, uh, until the dinosaur, the dinosaurs move out of that boardroom governing the league. I don't think it's going to change. Yeah, and it, it, they're shooting themselves in the foot because <clears throat> that, that's wouldn't it the, be beneficial for the league to get out there? I mean, yeah. Canada. I mean, this was a big yeah. thing uh, for from. Uh, I have a few friends in Napoli Club Toronto. I talk to all the time, and and they went on to Fubo, and they were like, "What the hell is this crap? Little five games?" And we bombarded Twitter. It was so bad that I think. Uh, Fubo started trending or something. Something happened. <laughs> we, we gave him so much, uh, just so much shit. But wouldn't this benefit the league? I don't understand why. I mean, have you seen Rye International, by the way, anybody on cable? I mean, the production is I haven't seen it in 10 years. I haven't seen it in 10 years because I've had, because uh, I think that's like only in my area available, I think through like Xfinity and I've had DirecTV forever. Okay. So I don't think I've seen it since like, well, nothing has changed, of, Alex. Yeah, yeah right. So you know. I don't think I've seen it since the year Inter won the treble. Like it's been that oh long. Oh my god! Like, what's going on in Italy, man? <laughs> it's it's crazy. They they really don't care about North America, the North American market. I truly believe that right now. But or any other market, they just they they went no, on YouTube uh, recently, Roma, right? Roma to get it to the Middle East or something. They, they, yeah, they, yeah. They Roma just... Roma just broadcasted a game out in like a couple of African countries, and I'm like, okay, well, what about <clears throat> Canada? Like, <laughs> yeah. I would I would also say this though guys I think that Italy soccer was trending up for at least a lot of fans in the states and obviously I think Ronaldo had something to do with it but with him now leaving I think Jerry hit the nail on the head marketing goes down how many yeah. people actually know what Paramount Network was I had no idea what the hell it was I thought the Italy league was still on ESPN and then I think it started as CBS from what I it, okay. it started yeah, as it, CBS yeah, it, it's then, a, but, it was CBS all access and then it became mm -hmm. Paramount Plus yeah but then what are most soccer fans not wanting? By the way, I, I apologize for that noise. My friend, she's playing with her toy. Um, oh, my God. You, now, you, Messi, and your, you and your poodle. I swear to God. Uh, Messi now goes to to uh, League One in France. Yeah. Nobody knew where the hell Bean Sports went. Now, all of a sudden, everybody's trying to find out how to get Bean Sports Network, right? All of a sudden. And then, and then with Mbappe, if he would have been, you know, well, if he would have been, if we would have gone to Real Madrid today – 
obviously ESPN would have been like, oh, thank God. Like, at least we have something we can promote. We have, you know what I'm saying? Because right now they're promoting Benzema. They're promoting PK. Uh, they're promoting Suarez. Like, that gets kind of old. But personally, I just feel like Italy soccer was going on the trend. And then you lose the face. And, I'm, I'm, and I hate to say it. We all hate Juventus. But when Cristiano <laughs> Ronaldo's in your league, man, he's the yeah. main guy of everything. Well, so And that was all marketing because – yeah. I'm not going to speak for every single Juventino, uh, but like the majority of the Juventini I know didn't even really want Ronaldo on their team. I'm not saying they were happy losing him in like the last three days of the transfer window. They would have preferred to get that done early enough to get an actual like a real replacement. But I mean, a lot of Juventini were upset about him. And it's only because he, he's tying up. He was tying up so much in wages. You know, Juventus don't have. PSG money or Chelsea money or apparently Manchester United money where they can, you know, still address all of their other needs while paying 60 million gross euros per season. So it was holding the rest of the team back. But still, like, he's right. I mean, when it comes to because like Serie A for Italians, they don't really care that much about Ronaldo leaving. Right. But Serie A, Serie A for people in North America, South America, Africa, Asia, that really meant something having him in the league. And I also think, though, with him now leaving, the true soccer fans now know that Serie A is wide open, right? I mean, if there's ever a year that you wanted to actually watch oh, the yeah. league and see what can what can actually unfold, I mean, no offense to Mas, but I never really thought Roma will be scoring goals the way they're doing it. It's like, wow, that's impressive. Not to mention, Rafa, I'm going to be honest with you, I was kind of nervous on Sunday. Thankfully, there was a, a late winner, but still, it's just two games, and I get it. Things are still yeah. moving, and you know things like that. And then Inter's off to a good start. Jerry can't talk enough Lazio because he's so excited every damn five seconds. They're off to a I great mean, start. I mean, yeah, yeah. Six yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, if you're a true soccer fan and if you actually love the sport, if there's any league that you really want to know what can happen because you have absolutely no idea, you first picked Juventus, and you probably said because maybe Ronaldo was there that he would be there to score those one or two goals that can get you the, those possible extra three to six points. But now he's gone. And Juventus, to me, just looks like they're in disarray. They don't know oh. yet which form to go. So this league is wide open. So I, I truly believe that the true soccer fans, that once they realize and the leagues have settled, unfortunately, it's paramount. Like, no offense, paramount. Yeah. I need more crowd noise. I need more, yeah. you know... Yeah, there's something up with I'm, there's something weird, right? I I feel like though these leagues are I've been watching more and more clips, and it feels like they're the producers in the background are changing like well, the way the audio comes out because entire... I would hear a chorus a chorus yeah. going on, and then it would just go silent. You know, it would just. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Rob, the there, was an entire, there was an entire Napoli section. At Genoa, and they barely even put the mic over there. And I'm like, guys, like, don't yeah. you want to get that crowd? Right. You know, because all you had was little flags right. the whole stadium. Right. You want to get that in the damn broadcast. Like, and and the, the the game commentators keep talking about that, how how good it is to have the fans back, the yeah. noise, the this. You know, we're not and hearing you, the players on the pitches on the pitch. And, and and then, right, they start cheering, and then they cut them off. It's like, what the hell is the point? Like, that's yeah. it's like and, you're taking and, away the best part. And, and there's something to that, because I, I knew a guy, I'm in an intergroup chat, and one of the people in the chat who lives in Italy actually went to Verona, to the Bentegotti, to see the Verona intermatch. And he was, like, talking about how, like, incredible the crowd noise was and the atmosphere. And I'm watching it on Paramount. I'm like, I mean, I guess. You know, it's mm. not, not really impressive. And, and, and these stadiums are not, they're not 100% capacity in Italy. I think they're 50 percent i believe so obviously like you no matter what you're not getting the full effect of every seat being jam-packed 
But but even with like the 50% there, I feel like you should be getting a little bit more. Uh, I want to start going around the table and talking about our, our transfer windows. And yeah, we see the beautiful table. Very beautiful for Jerry Mancini to see Lazio but, on top yeah, with uh, but, that plus seven goal ooh, differential. It's going but to hurt. When this is my point. Though. Phase. <laughs> <laughs> but this, is, this is exactly my point. The, the top five teams have won two games. You see it up there. I mean, and then Juventus is all the way down at 12. I mean, listen, Napoli can be, that's a beautiful sight right can, there. Can you yeah. crop them out so we just have the top 10 so you don't have to see that little <laughs> Well, and the crazy uh, thing, and I'm not, I'm not counting Juventus out. Um, like they were my preseason Scudetto pick, and like I'm not, I'm not going to flip flop after two games. Um, like they still, they still clearly, uh, clearly their squad is is more deficient than I expected. Uh, but they're going to need more time for Allegri to re-inject his mentality because the crazy thing, guys, about these first two matches. Now, the first match against Udinese, that was really mostly individual mistakes by Chesney, right? But then you know the match against Empoli. I'm watching that. And that. That was at home for Juve. Like that. That was in the J. And I'm thinking, you know, that there's no way when they went down one nil. I'm like, okay, well maybe Pirlo's team would have lost this game or drew the game one one. But there's no way a Max Allegri team is getting out of there with anything less than three points. So I was shocked at the one nil loss full time. So clearly Allegri can't just come in there and wave a magic wand the way that I thought he would, because I thought that they would get back to Allegri mentality immediately, Raph. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny enough, when when everybody found out, first of all, to all the content creators out there, I guess we learned a valuable lesson not to make your uh, top, you know, your uh, one through 20 prediction until the Mercato's over, number one. Let's True. say that. Number two, um, <clears throat> uh, shit, I lost my chain of thought. <laughs> <laughs> Are you, are you yeah, fantasy draft? I, I had no, I'm not. You know, I had the espresso. I was hoping it would kick in. You know, uh, what, what I was going to say about Juve was was the fact that uh, when Allegri came in, it became the it factor. All of a sudden, once Allegri came, Juve is going to win the Scudetto. It, it had nothing nothing to do with the team. I, for the most part, and everything to do with Allegri. And I guess we saw the first two games that that doesn't really matter now. I, I think Juve can bounce back overall, but maybe they were having some issues in the locker room with this whole thing with Ronaldo. Maybe it was affecting the, the whatever it was affecting. Maybe something was going on. I'll yeah. give them the benefit of the doubt because it is Juve, but it, 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 it's not bulletproof anymore. You know, this is, I don't think this is the same league where Juve wins nine in a row. You know, it's, I think it's more challenging. I think it's faster. Maybe that that's a problem for Juve, a little bit slower. The, their pace is not as, as good as some of the other teams, you you get Empoli now, a city of B team that can just beat them one nothing. That's crazy, you know. It, it's it's got to say something to the quality of the league, like kind of like Jerry was mentioning, and how all these other teams are, are approaching it. Not to mention, uh, big fact, Serie A now has what the most goals out of all the leagues, like combined. So that's got to tell you something right then and there. Yeah, and even like, and I get what uh, what David is saying. Empoli are massively underrated. They are the opposite of what they were when going down two, three seasons ago. They had seventeen consecutive winless matches. Now they are settled, and Lazio beat a they beat a strong Empoli. Uh, like still, like okay, you you can tell me as long as you want to about how Empoli are getting better, and they may stay up in Serie A. I will still double down and say they have no business taking three points 
from Juve in Torino. Like I, I don't I don't care. I don't care how much better Empoli are than three years ago. They have no business taking all three points at Juventus. None. Maybe right. a draw in Empoli, but not all three points at Juve. 100%. So so yeah, so Rafa, I want to start with you. Talk to me a little bit about Napoli. And I know that um a, a lot of the market was about keeping the players you had. You added Luciano Spalletti, who I, I like, of course. Uh, helped stabilize Inter a few years ago, and I I wonder if if Mass remembers the good times or if he remembers more the bad times with Spalletti. So it's probably a mixed bag there. Uh, but but what do you think, Raf, about not only the start so far, but about the Mercato? Can you give me like uh, either a letter grade or a one to ten rating on on what you thought about this Mercato? I, I think if you for Napoli, if you look at the Mercato, you have to really look look at it at over the past two years since 2019, 2020, 2021. ADL splurged a whole lot over the past couple of years. So really all the spending was kind of spread out uh, between COVID and, and, and everything else that's going on. We didn't really expect a big splash from ADL. At least most of us didn't. Now I'll talk about the left back because I think that's the biggest issue. Yeah. Um, I think this market, like you said, was more not losing players as opposed to buying players. I, I think Spalletti coming into the team, there must have been some type of verbal agreement between him and ADL saying, okay, you don't have to splurge. You don't have to buy me all. You don't have to spend, you know, 70, 80 million on the market this year, but you can't get rid of these players, especially Koulibaly, especially Lorenzo Insigne, and probably a couple others. You don't just replace a center back. I don't care how much money or that kind of center back. So, yeah. I don't care how much money they would have offered, I think. And and what's nice about ADL, he didn't budge. He didn't budge. Like, so people want to call him names, but he didn't budge. He kept his team intact. He 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 stayed true to Spalletti. And and I think we can be excited about this Napoli. Now, Emerson was the big names. And I feel like the problem is, especially among Napoli fans, they they romanticize a little bit. They fall in love with these names that come out on the market. We saw it with James Rodriguez. We saw it with uh uh, we saw with Zakanyi in, in, in January. We Now we see it with Emerson. And Emerson goes to Lyon, and everybody's pissed off. This team sucks. This is it. It, it, it was a firestorm of emotion. It's like, chill out. He's not all that. He's just no. a hole. Now, I understand the concern about filling that hole in the left back that we wanted because, let, let's face it, you know, we got we lost Hisan on a free. He's in Lazio now. You got a goal for you, Jerry. Dick. Yeah, but how anyway. often does that dude score? That was crazy. Yeah, it's a, but right, he scored what after they had five goals uh, uh, against um, who were they playing? I'm sorry, uh, Spezia. They, played, they were playing Spezia. I mean, at that point, I think the team kind of gave up. But either way, he side <laughs> leaves. He side leaves. All we have left is a recovering Gulam who's on his third knee injury, and then Mario Rui. So it, you know, I can see some of the concern for the Neapolitans, but. Uh, we go out. We got Juan Jesus, which not everybody was very thrilled about. I get it. Good luck with that. Uh, bro. Thank yeah. you for taking him from us. No, I need to. My pleasure. No, my pleasure, man. <laughs> whatever we can do to help the capital, you know. Uh, but no, but he, but here's the deal. Like I, when when I was looking at Emerson and the numbers, and I was and I'm pretty familiar with Delorenti's style. I knew there was going to be some bargain basement shit going on. Like I was like. Yeah. This guy ain't gonna splurge. He just spent like over two hundred million over the past like two seasons and a half. He's not gonna go out and spend another thirty, especially to he. He don't even want to give Insigne an extra million. You think he was gonna give Emerson five million a year? Like it, it, I just didn't think it was gonna happen. I was like, expect some bargain purchases, 
And then Juan Jesus comes, and the first thing the the, the articles I read about him, like he could play center back and left back. I was like, oh shit, that's it, that's it. This is our left back. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's, back like, it's like your version of my Kolarov problem from when Inter brought him in, and he's still at Inter. But I, I just hope that guy fucking rots on the bench until eternity. <laughs> but it's like, and I know Mass knows him well. But when they went Inter brought in Kolarov, hey, he could play left back or left center back. And right? I'm like, no, I vote oh, yeah. no for both. <laughs> right it's like these guys are the swiss army knife of a back line or something like that that but whatever it, it is what it is we got it we'll see what happens um uh we kept zanoli uh this young kid uh we kept malkawi who are technically right backs but there could be some flip-flopping and and interchanging going around between left and right uh but i think the biggest well i, I can't even say the biggest it's the one of the only signings really was the uh anguisa uh, zombo anguisa yeah, uh, I big, that. I didn't want to try to pronounce it. I'm glad you did. Thank you. Yeah, I, I had some practice yesterday. We were on the rant. If, if you want to know about Napoli, go check it out. Uh, we had uh, Jay from Napoli News there, and we, we we break it all down for you. But Anguissa, big, strong, uh, center mid, good ball control, aggressive, has nice strength, can dribble the ball, can dispossess uh, people in the midfield, can help protect the back line. Uh, I heard it was his, I, it was like one of his old coaches. I got his name here, written down somewhere. But one of his old coaches said he had, he may have had some issues. Uh, he may have some issues finishing. We have yet to see what what he can provide. But I think between that, it kind of balances out the rest of the team because the, the team is relatively small, quick, very pacey, which is great. Yeah. They can score goals. But every now, oh, and Patania, by the way. It, is kept uh and and i like that again another guy that people give shit but he scores his fourth game winning goal against genoa on the closing minutes with an assist from rui the guy everybody hates so here's these two guys that everybody <laughs> hates yet they're winning games for us at, at the last minute you know and i know they're not superstars but patania again another big guy doesn't have a lot of pace but he's strong he when if you see after the goal he was just pushing people Away. He was pushing his whole team away from him, trying to get to the trying to get to the fans uh, by by the sidelines. Nice and it, and just to see that laser header that I think he's really good at it was nice to see, and and it went straight into the near side of the net. So I like the balance of strength, height, but speed, pace, um, passing ability. I, I I know Spalletti wants him to be cheeky, and I think also Spalletti being here adding some more balance to that team, to, to a calmer mentality, a little bit more maturity, a little bit more tactical uh, will help them in the long run. So it has wasn't the cutest two games, but um, they did have to – they did go through it with some adversity, mind you. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see how the rest of the season pans well, out. And, and, that, and that is like um, – that, that was a, a good win. I know it came down to the wire with the Patania game-winning header, and I was watching that game. Uh, but, like, I, it's, it's the weird thing with Spalletti, and obviously I can speak more to his time at Inter than even his time at Roma. But the strange thing about Spalletti is – Sometimes his teams will show up looking a lot better in the more difficult matches mm. and not looking as good in the Genoa type matches where you really have to labor to get three points. So good on you that you got it. But like it wouldn't surprise me if Napoli looks a lot more dynamic against the Milans and the Inters and the Juves of the world than they do against you know, the Genoas and even, you know, the Empolis and the Udineses of the world. So sometimes it's a weird thing with Spalletti because mm. he prepares his squad so well 
for the big matches and they get up for them. And then sometimes it's the mid table and the relegation sides where it, there's a little bit of sleepwalking going on. And, and, you know, Jay, one more thing. Hats off to Genoa. They played a great game. I, we, we don't yeah. give these people enough credit. Their midfield really gave us a hard time. And I, and we, it was hard to kind of, we created some chances. Well, we created a lot. I think it was like 14 chances created or something like that. But Still, we, we were having – they were pressing us. We had some trouble. And Pandev, who is, like, oh, one of my favorite I love players him. ever. I oh. love this man. Still can come onto the field and make an impact. Um, you you got you to gotta factor that in. Like, Genoa had a good game. You got to give him a little credit. And I thought his goal should have counted, by the way. Like, credit to Napoli for the win. But I thought I thought, I thought, thought Moret screwed up on that goal. I thought that should have counted. He he was a little clumsy there. I felt like he could have <laughs> punched the ball, and we could have avoided that whole mess, and, and, and so he be gave, it. He but... came out soft on that ball. It was I was yeah. surprised they yeah. gave the ball in the box. And that was the second his second little handle that he had issue with, too. So it was like a few minutes prior, same thing. He, he didn't he handle the ball well, so... You know, I'm hoping uh, he can adjust all that and just. No, nah, man, it's time for Ospina, bro. <laughs> man, he loves Ospina. <laughs> I, I love Ospina too. He again, this was a good problem to have having both these goalies because I think yeah. both of them were really good and and you know, Ospina's huge in Colombia. Like the I live in Queens. There's a lot of Colombians around here. I talk to them. They know Ospina very well. And um, but the thing is, Moret represents kind of like the future. So. If I'm going to, Spina got one year left on his contract. I believe it expires in June 22. So I, I, I'm sure he's gone. And we're, we, we picked up another uh, young backup goalie, I think, from our youth system. So, but uh, Alex, quick thing. So you did mention that maybe it's it's the matchups that maybe makes Napoli stand up for. Yeah. Nothing, nothing better than this weekend against Juventus, man. Oh, dude! Well, it's, better, still, it's, it's a couple weeks, better. right? Because we're we're in a stupid yeah. international break yeah, right now, sorry, so it's two weeks, right? Yeah, two weeks, two weeks. But, but no, no listen, but, you you guys, I am going to be the biggest Napoli supporter when you guys go up against Juventus. Just get it, get it done you. for me. Get it done for me, if if for no one else. Uh, I want to go over to Mass. Uh, talk to me about Roma. I mean, Manny mentioned, uh, you know, su surprised to see. Uh, Mourinho team scoring so many goals. Now I think I think Italian fans rate Mourinho a little bit higher because they've seen what he can do in Serie A. All the Prem fans just think he's like the worst thing, like he's he's the the Antichrist or something. But I, I think Serie A fans rate Mourinho a little bit higher. Uh, your take on on Roma's fast start, and if you can talk a little bit about the transfer window because so far it's looking nice. Let's uh, let's start with Mourinho. I think he's just better tactically suited to City A, and I've said that from from the beginning. After he's moved from City uh, A to La Liga, I mean, he had he had some success in La Liga, sure, but I don't think he his tactics work in uh, the running gun style of play in the Prem. Like it's got to be fast paced. Um, but right now we're kind of riding high on this uh, honeymoon phase we're in with uh, Mourinho with the two legs in the Euro. Uh, the UEFA Conference League against Trans Bonsapur. The biggest competition in the world. Huge, the huge. <laughs> the five million dollars to the winner. We get to pay wages <laughs> for uh, for guy for the likes of Fazio and Nzonzi who don't want to leave our team. Um, so uh, no, no, they've been looking fantastic. Uh, the first leg for the UEFA Conference League, I didn't really get a chance to watch. It was a little bit harder to get a hold of. But Roma broadcasted the second leg on their YouTube, and that was Abraham's debut. And he looked phenomenal. I had to like rewind. I've never seen one of our strikers track back so deep into the defensive end since I can remember. It was insane. Uh, he had a couple. Up, he was. He made an impact right away. I think uh, 
He got two assists that game, got a header off the woodwork. He was all over the field. He's 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 been looking really, really, really good. Even uh, Shomuradov as well. Like I can't discount that as another acquisition. So the two our two striker acquisitions right now are looking very good, um, very quick. They're they're contributing on both sides of the field. I mean, you don't really expect a striker to track back and play almost like a like a trequatista type of role. It's a little strange to see. Uh, but it's a welcome, welcome change. I like how uh, they have been tracking back and getting involved on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Rui Patricio has been very, very good at nets for us. So, like, these are all the they've the acquisitions we made during the Mercato have all been mid- making an impact right away. Uh, and you see it. Like, Rui Patricio uh, was, I think, our first big acquisition before Shomurodov. Um, I'm kind of blanking on the timeline on who came in first. So... He had a couple big saves too against Transbonsapor. He came up big uh, against Fiorentina, and he came up big uh, on Sunday the few times that Salernitana tested us. Uh, then you have Shamuradov who comes in. He's got uh, he's made an impact. I don't know if he's gotten any assists yet or anything, but uh, he's been looking good anyway on the field, even off the ball. Tammy Abrams, the one big big signing that came in last, and he's the one who's really uh, been making an impact. He's I think he got even a couple assists. Uh, Two goals. No, one goal. Yeah, one goal. Um, so he's been looking good. Um, our Mercato, I mean, is a strange one because we have a couple of guys tied up that don't want to leave our team. Isn't Fazio <laughs> suing the club to try to get yeah, back in the first team? <laughs> we're we're, we're going to get to that. Um, so oh. we brought in big names. We brought in Vigna to replace um, Spinazzola, who, who's been looking like he's just adapting to the league. He's getting better as he's been playing, so uh, that'll that'll happen. But yeah, so we kind of finally solidified the goalkeeping with Rui Patricio. We got strikers who are mobile, so it's a, it's been a breath of fresh air since Zeko. And then we can't really do much else after those signings because we finally terminated Pastore uh, Pastore's contract. Uh, I don't remember what the details were. If it was that loophole because he's been leaving without the team's permission to do things. But uh, Pastore finally out the door. Um, Olsen signed uh, on loan with Sheffield. So hopefully they buy him with, I think it's an uh, option to buy in that uh, in that deal. And then we have what's left basically of Nzonzi, Fazio, and uh, Santon. But the biggest issue has been Fazio. Fazio is just not wanting to leave the team. He's, like you said, he's been wanting to take legal action to get himself back into the first team, which it's not a good, uh, it's not an ideal situation to have, especially around the locker room when you have a player who's really being stubborn and not wanting to go play elsewhere. Because there have been multiple teams that have been interested in in him and uh, in Nzonzi as well, but they've been just been very stubborn and not wanting to go. So it's... um, it's been really, uh, really tough to kind of maybe go after maybe a center defensive, like a, a center, a center mid, a center defensive mid that we've been looking for. So we're gonna have to rely on Diawara. But all in all, for a transfer window right now, I'd probably give Roma like an eight, eight point five. I, I bump him up to an eight point five just off of uh, getting rid of uh, pa- uh, terminating Pastore and uh, offloading Olsen. <laughs> It would have been yeah. a straight. It would have been a straight perfect ten if we could have gotten rid of uh, Fazio, uh, Inzonzi, and um, 
and uh, Santon. But Santon's been quiet. Like, I just see his name pop up in tweets with people talking about him. It's like, I always just keep focusing on Nzanzi and Fazio that just don't right. want to go anywhere, you know? How much um, are they making? I can't remember. Fazio, I don't think, was that much. I think it's more Nzanzi who's got, like, a hefty, a more hefty uh, salary for us to pay. Don't worry, um, Moss. I mean, apparently you have the one player that this one reporter said that was the next Messi, dude. Come on, bro. Javier Pastore, man. Oh, my oh, God. <laughs> he's been, he's been the, messi, the Messi at maybe, like, grilling. I've been seeing pictures of him on Twitter with the team, like, barbecuing for them at best. So. I, I yeah, the only thing he has in common with Messi, is, the only thing he has in common with Messi is being is, born in the same country. country that's, that's about it. it. And and they're yeah. up for maybe Argentine barbecue or something. I don't know. I really don't know where that reporter is, man, but I hope his credential got revoked. No, no, no. Javier Pastore, I think at best is two highlights <laughs> or, like, two backheel deflection goals, like, randomly. I remember one of those, yeah. And he never touched the field again, I think. So, um, <laughs> no, I mean, the team's looking the team's looking good. Uh, transfer window-wise, like I said, 8.5. But we've come yeah. off to a flying start in oh, Syria yeah. right now. Yeah. So, uh, By the way, I, a uh, quick message because I got DM like, why did I say that I'm surprised with Roma scoring so many goals? It's because when I remember Mourinho, he was a coach for Real. And for the Spain League, his tactics were sit back, We'll wait for them to come at us. And, of course, at Real Madrid, you had Ozil, Ronaldo, Benzema. By the way, these guys were all young. Young, yeah. Yeah, yeah, young, yeah, young players. Prime, and, and the way that they counterattacked was just, to me, it was, it was really fun to watch. But as a fan, it was just nerve-wracking because you know the type of talent that was out there for 90 minutes. And that's the way you decide to play the game. I understand against Barcelona at the time. I mean, they had just guys yeah. all over the place. But against... Elche and against Granada and against Villarreal, that's the type of style you really want to go with. That's my only concern that at some point, listen, Roma scoring goals and that's great as long as you're winning, man. Manny, but Manny, at some point, you should, watch, you should watch a Roma game. There, it's a real far cry from uh, from Mourinho parking the bus and counterattacking. We've been, I think, within the first 30 minutes of the game against Salernitana, we had like 94% possession. That's now. Like a nine- that's now. That's like now. That's 95, 95%, 95% pass completion rate, like something like 400 until, passes. Wait until you play. Net. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait until you play a team that's out possessing you the first five, 10 minutes. And you really need to win this game. I'm telling you, his Maybe. tactics all of a sudden become, well, you know what, let's sit back. We'll see because Fiorentina was not, it's not a team you kind of like shake your head at. We managed to to take it to them. We locked down, we locked down uh, Vlaovic. We we made him a non-factor that entire game. We would have been a man up the entire game if it wasn't for the really soft yellow on uh, on Zaniolo. But by like, the way, I want to mention something on this comment because uh, I see uh, yeah, and and Milan Isti like their, their club is they, they get linked to like every player. So I know just going through the transfer news must get frustrating when you get linked by media members to like every player on the planet. But I don't know why people are dogging the Junior Messias move. I, I think that that's a fine signing. I guess it's because of some of the other players they've been linked to in the last couple of days. You know, great story. I mean, this fucking guy was like selling air conditioners while he was playing in Serie D a couple of years ago. He is 30. So I think being named Junior is a little misleading for a middle-aged man. Don't swear, please. There's mm. kids around here. Oh, Jerry's okay. telling me not to swear. Okay. Okay. Here we go. But no, I, I think the junior Macias move is a fine signing. And Jerry, I want to bring you in. Uh, what, what round are you in, by the way, in the fantasy? I'm done. Draft? I drafted done? a secret. Oh! Oh, <laughs> team sucks, man. I, I drafted a bunch what of rounds. Um, I, I, I closed it, but I can open it up and tell you who I have. 
<laughs> I picked the Engram. I had him like three years ago. That guy was amazing. Then he fucking just fell off the map of the earth. My team's shit, man. My my quarterbacks are. I I have Rogers, Deontay Johnson, uh, Moore from Carolina. Auto dropped that by accident. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. McCaffrey, Carson, Waller, Dylan. Another auto draft. I don't even think. I think he's the backup. I'm so screwed there. I picked oh, Crowder. Man. Crowder was was such high X ranking. I, I I don't even think that was a good pick. Gallup from Dallas. Um, he's probably the third receiver or second receiver. I don't know. I got Mayfield as my backup. Uh, Singletary. He's good for passing. I know that. Uh, Cole Beasley. I don't know why I have two Buffalo players. This is not good. <laughs> well, Buffalo's uh, good, bro. But uh, where yeah, Buffalo's oh, really Josh, good. Josh Allen balls, man. Yeah, okay. they, they won. They won thirteen games last year. Yeah, they're really good. Graham, I got Blankenship, kicker, yes. and my D is Pittsburgh. Is that good? Anybody help me here, please? Uh, I'll look right. at me. I like I like Blankenship as your kicker. I, I'm, I have uh, an affinity for Colts kickers. I had Vinatieri and now Blankenship the last couple of years. Nice, so nice. I don't know. I they they put they put up points depending on what your scoring is for your kickers. I so Jerry, I, I wanted I to ask I... you. I wanted to ask you your take on not only Lazio's start. They are one of the five unbeaten teams in Serie A that are all represented here, plus Milan, who's not represented here. But your take on Lazio so far and the transfer window. I mean, you get the Harry Potter lookalike and Toma Basic in. You get uh, a steal in the final hours of, of the window for Mattia Zakani. How do you rate the transfer window and the start under Sadi? Yo, bro, yo, Biz, don't give me that look, man. Eh. I'm back. It's not, I'm, no, it's not, no, I'm focused. I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at us. You know what I mean? Because I had to deal with all of January. Zakani's coming. Zakani's coming. Zikani, when we needed a freaking midfielder, and it didn't come. And now you guys get him for what? Eight mil plus two mil bonus or yeah. something like what? that? Steel. I was, I was just reading steel. an article that was made on the Lazio from Apollo. And it's, it, and it's really good, actually. And I think the guy who still comes and joins Lazio after all this is Frank Ribery. I think he comes in and, and he gets signed because he's a free agent. And these are these are Latito deals where he gets these fucking goddamn cheap one million, one point five million. They're gonna pay him, and he's gonna come in. He's gonna play as a winger. We need another winger. I don't see, and we need a left winger. So or he's he experienced and he's a winner. Yeah, so, I, I mean, I, you know, it's not about. I see it happen. Well, I think it's, it's gonna happen. I, I and it said that. So in the article, I, I like this because they said <coughs> if if they didn't sign Filip Kostic and they did sign. Matteo um, uh, Zakani, Matteo Zakani, that they would consider signing Ribery because I guess it's they saved ten million from buying Kostic, and they have that money to invest into him now. So for me, I I, I can really see Ribery being plucked this week. Like I, they, they can't wait long on him either because I think that a team will eventually sign him, but. Um, so if they're a free agent, it doesn't matter if it happens within the transfer window, I would assume, right? It's not technically a transfer. That's why. Okay. They're, they're not. A transfer has to be – a transfer is considered with a team from a team. Like if Zakani yeah, goes yeah, to yeah. Verona, then you got to go do the papers because you're transferring from one side to another. It's like hockey, basically. When you yeah, make yeah, trade. yeah, trades. But um, 
I, I, I see it maybe possibly happening. Um, I don't want to put too much into to Lazio's first two games. I use those banter more just to, to get people riled up uh, because Lazio's sitting first, so I'll, I'll, I'll embrace it, but it's not going to be like that for long. Um, uh, I disagree with you. I <sighs> Could Sadi work? Granted, it was kind of like an 11 titolissimi, you know, like, and we stayed healthy and we had the right team for it, but we didn't. We didn't have a whole lot of depth. Who, who do we have no. on the bench? Diawada, Marco Rogue, and he barely even used them. You know, sometimes he didn't even use. All, at the time, it was three. He barely even used all three. I mean, one of the reasons why the, the Scudetto slipped out of our hands is because the team was exhausted. So, if anything, you should be afraid of that. I don't see you guys winning like a double. You know, I'm, I'll I'll question the performance your your performance in Europa League. And I'll also question Pep Arena's uh, ability to make stop. He's a great leader. He can certainly command the defense, but I'm I'm skeptical about his shot saving ability, man. I, well, and also I, like like terrible. Jerry, correct me if I'm wrong, but I start to see him make some mistakes with his feet as well, which is uncharacteristic, and that shows yeah, you does. the guys he's just getting old, right? Because if because he's always Reina has always excelled, you know, at the sweeper keeper, the distribution. So when he starts screwing up with that. You know that the age is setting in. It, it it is, but I don't think the passing is that bad as I think it is. It's just it's it's what Ralph said here. It's basically his he's gonna let him some softies, man. Yeah, man. Like, he's gonna let him some softies. It's it's like on Saturday against Betsio. I, I didn't like how he the way he made that save. And I know that Joe Fischetti from Forts Napoli podcast said it's a difficult shot, but I don't I think that I think that in that situation, I think he could have done a better job because there's no force to the shot, his angle and everything. It's all bad. And, like, I didn't like it at all. And, and Was that the one where what's-his-name was on the line? He took it off. The, uh, who, 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 whose side missed this guy on the right side there? And uh, Daniele Verdi uh, scored. But I don't, I don't even I don't blame Ex-Roma scoring against Lazio. I, I don't blame whose side, though, man. I, I blame Lazio being caught so high up and struggling to get back and a chirby. Guy plays high too, but point is, I, I agree with you. Rena is so prone to giving up poor saves that he, it's so bad, man. And then he looked like Dino Zoff last January playing against <laughs> Napoli. <laughs> but then, uh, you know, he came out, he fucking, he, he was the man. But dude, and, and you know what else? Freaking Handanovic was so good against Napoli last year. It's like he was, yeah, he, he was standing on his head. Yes. Like the, 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 the guy, the guy usually nowadays, sadly, Plays like a forty-five-year-old. I think he's thirty-eight in real life, thirty-seven, thirty-eight. But like he, he had that game against Napoli, like around the holiday season last year, December. The first, when, when, yeah, December, dude. Yeah. He was, he was unstoppable. Amazing. He was amazing. <laughs> he made some saves, unbelievable. Pepperina too. He was just so intense in the way he played. But Pepperina is not going to keep up that intensity long. If he can, if if the defense stays consistent and reliable, he can help manage those pieces i think pep arena could be a great coach one day you know in, in my opinion he can become a great coach one day but i think he's gonna i i'm afraid of the games that he's gonna let in a soft shot and then you're yep. gonna drop points because of that but i agree i again i i still believe in saudi i i still like him some people not believe back and forth with him i still like him i think what he does for players is great. I, I don't think Juve is the team for him, but I believe, and I told you, Jerry, I told you in the DM that he's a guy that he can instill a lot of confidence into a player and help teams that have something to prove. I think Lazio is one of those teams. He's a player's so he, coach. 
Absolutely. Why, yeah. Yeah. Uh, guys, we, and he can certainly increase the value of a lot of we got remember, mind you, he was that was the year that Higuain went to Juve for 95 million. I attribute right. that uh, granted he had a great season, but I attribute that to Saudi being behind him. We took this 45 uh, this 45 million dollar guy off the Real Madrid bench and doubled his value basically in one season, you know, and it was our highest transfer fee since. And that's that's what I'm going to look at. I'd like to see Lazio's value at the end of the season to see if 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 it all works out. I think they're the dark horse this year, man. I'm I'm sticking with that. Yeah, Jerry. I think it's quite clear that in two games, man. Listen, if you're a Lazio fan or a Lazio hater, it's quite clear that the way that Sari has his team playing so far is very very fun to watch, no matter what side you're on. Yeah. But listen, Rob even said it best, and I think we said this also the last time I joined. Sorry, couldn't really listen. Who the hell is gonna do anything at Juventus when you have Ronaldo calling the shots and everybody's looking at yeah, Sorry? Listen, you better not upset yeah. people because this is a guy. You know, it's like now right. he has that liberty of saying, you know what? If this doesn't work, I don't have somebody telling me no. I can go ahead and fix it. I'll find solutions to it. And if there's not there, I'll go and say, listen, we need this. We need this. What's the best thing you can give me? And I think at the end of the day, if you're a Lazio fan, you have to kind of just enjoy the ride that this season will be because is gonna. Sorry is going to give you something that I feel that you haven't had it in a long time. And that's just the confidence and knowing that for 90 minutes, you're going to get the best. Whether it's maybe not, probably not all the time, it, will it be by scoring? But you know that his club, his, the, the team that he puts on the field, the substitutions he makes, the tactical things he does at halftime, those are things that if you're a Lazio fan, you have to be excited about. And those are the things that I can give you the positive of knowing, hey, listen, we have a shot. If Sari wasn't there, I'm I'm sure I'm sure even our, our biggest fan down here, I'm not sure if he's feeling confident right now. You know, yes, let's let's switch Sari for somebody else. They might be, you know, they might have won their, you know, their their game last week and the one now. But him knowing, Jerry knowing they had Sari at the helm gives him a whole shitload of confidence. And I can't blame him for that because we've seen what he does when mm -hmm. he doesn't have to be told. Be careful how you do things. Yeah. Watch out. Yeah. You know, your, your job right, is right. on the line. It's like, dude, like. Yeah. He, he I, I would that ego in the locker room. I, absolutely. Like, I wouldn't get him to manage these big personalities. I don't think that's right. his strength. But I think he's good at pushing a team that needs a push. He's you good know? At, yes. at collective. At making right. sure that if you're good at this, yeah. you stick there. Let me find somebody else that can stick here. And then we'll practice it. We'll get the continuity going. He couldn't do that at Juventus. He had to play everybody that was getting overpaid. Yeah. Uh, well, listen, like now to try to tell them to play to my system. And Ronaldo keeps bitching about it after every single game. Right. Well, they're not giving me the ball. And, you know, poor Dybala is like, dude, like, I don't know what you want me to do. Like, it's just ridiculous sometimes. <laughs> so, so Jerry, uh, to, to close out, uh, or, and you can add whatever you want to add, but I also want to ask you if you want to rate Lazio's Mercato 1 to 10. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. I'll give a, a very brief analysis quick. I'll say 8 out of 10. And I'll, I like and I'll explain why. So they got wingers. You got Pedro. I don't care if he's 34. He has experience. He understands how to play. Sorry, simple, done. You got Felipe Anderson, cost the club less than $3 million. They sold him for 41 That is Latito business. Once again, I'm going to say, you guys, we can criticize Latito for being cheap, but this guy knows how to freaking sell his players, bring him back, and it already looks amazing the first two games, Anderson. Great signing, understands the league, like it. Zakani. 
eight plus two million. His his contract's one point eight million per season. Great deal. Comes from the city. Uh, is on the rise. Will flourish under uh, under. Sorry, perfect. Luke Romero. Yes, he's sixteen years old. But guess what? He's going to be playing behind guys like Pedro and Felipe Anderson and who else? Maybe Ribery comes in. He gives him experience. I'll just throw a name out there. And then he grows. He'll play limited time, but he'll adjust and he'll grow to next season and probably go on loan. Or maybe he plays in a bigger role because sorry, he sees something in him, even though he's young. Um, who else? Toma Basic. Hey, we got a backup to Luis Alberto, who's actually an attacking midfielder and plays in a 4-3-3. God bless, man. We didn't go after Andres Pereira. Fucking like the guy is a really good midfielder. He will have to take time, but he has a lot of potential and he's been highly rated. Here's the downfall. Midfield looks good. Forwards look good. The back end looks shit. And I'll explain why. Pisa. Uh, no. No. <laughs> Watch the cursing. Husai is a good signing. Husai is a good signing. I don't understand. Sorry. I think he'll do good on the left side. I don't see an issue there. Um, the right side is fine. You got Matisic and Lasky. I'm so happy we didn't sign we didn't sell either player because those are two quality right backs we got who can probably take care of that position. This is where it gets dangerous, and this is where I don't like it. If a Cherby and a Luis Felipe go down, we're depending on Radu and Patrick to freaking man the center that is a scary scary sight i like radu but i don't like patrick to, to, to that this is where we ran into the issue last year where our defense was was very weak and i don't know what we're gonna do now do we depend on dennis vavril the 12 million dollar signing and hope that he pans out i know that we, we didn't even register dimitri kaminovich He's not being registered until apparently January now because we didn't register him before the day you're supposed to register players. So I'm not even sure what's going on with that. I just I'm very skeptical of the fact that if if Luis Felipe goes down, we don't have enough depth there. And the only players you can rely on is Vavro and Patrick. Um and lastly, I'm okay with Marici starting behind because now he gets consistent playing time. And I want to hear that he got 29 chances last year. This guy got thrown into dead games. Yeah, He he played in the last nine games when the season was done. He never got the, the right start to the year where, where, like, he had COVID. He had an injury. He didn't have preseason training. Guess what? Check those all off. Because he was healthy to start this season. He had the proper training. He fits in a 4-3-3. He's going to have Pedro crossing balls into him when he's playing. He's going to play every Europa League game. I think that's 100%. That, that's where where the, the rotation comes in, Biz. Where you'll start to see... I like that dude, uh, Moro. Yeah. Young kid, man. Mor Moro's he's another good player. Super pacey. I think he can do well under that system, man. I'm, I'm yeah. excited to... I'm telling you, the, the depth, Lazio has depth. Uh, um, the, for the first time, I, I I don't remember the last time I was able to even use that word for Lazio. My God. 
that's a scary sight. But um, I think overall, they they brought in players. It, it's hard to, to to bring in eleven players one shot and try to get everything. But um, I think a good test is after the break when they play Milan. I think that's yeah. That I think that's a good prime example of how we can really judge what Lazio really are. I don't see them winning that game personally. I think they're going to struggle. Win, Jerry, come on. It's not come the, on. What, what, what am I? Am I going on the field to play? Yes. I, I want. Actually, no, I do not want you on the field. Stay off the field. It all depends who plays that game. Um, play left and, back. <laughs> it's, it's hard. Yeah. I want to see how they, how they are able to adjust against a more well-organized, more deeper team who is functioning properly. Um, Empoli and Spezia really gave up a lot of space to Lazio where it allowed them to attack under sorry. It's not even sorry ball yet. That's the best part. This is not even like Joe was telling me, Joe Fisgetti, like this is not even close to sorry ball. Sorry ball happened on Saturday after they went up a guy. That's when sorry ball happened, he told me. That's when mm-hmm. you start to see sorry ball where they were passing the ball, moving it, making the quick passes and keeping possession. Maybe you know this too as well, but yeah, oh. I mean that that's that's the sorry ball strength, right? Is to make these low quick passes in this triangle and 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 to set up your set up your number 9. I think if Immobile starts finding space which he did last game, what? And then he had a hat trick, right? I mean He'll start scoring goals, and and again, it's it's that confidence factor, it's that human element that can that Saudi can bring to really help the team. But I mean, it, it'll take a little bit to, to warm up. I feel like Lazio, you know, they'll they'll have to, like that first game. You know, you can see some. I don't know if it was nerves or what have you. You didn't quite see the system that we all familiar with with Saudi. But in the second game, you started seeing it a little bit more. And I, I think game by game by game, if you stay healthy. And and you feed into and and they buy into it rather, yeah. We we could see something. I'm just like, just you know, keep your eye on them. I'll say that much. Yeah, and like, they got to really buy into interested. it. Yeah, because because like into- like because like what Manny was saying with Juventus, like the, for the one season Saudi spent there, and yeah, they did win the Scudetto, so you give them that. But um, really, I saw them still basically playing Allegri ball, not Saturday ball that year. That right. they they didn't they never really adapted to Saturday. And I kind of joked at the start of the episode that uh, the Lazio in two games have already adapted better to Saturday ball than Juventus in thirty eight games. Well, thirty eight games plus all the other competitions, and it, mm-hmm. it's not really that far off. But yeah, I'll give uh, some thoughts on Inter, and then I'll give everybody a chance to promote their stuff. Obviously, the start the start has been very good. Uh, didn't look great in the first half against Verona. Closed that one out in style. Uh, obliterated Genoa in the first game. It was nice to see so many different people score. Uh, really, the story on the pitch for Inter has been sensational debuts, right? I mean, the game against Genoa, Hakan Chalanolu was incredible in that game. Um, and the goal that he scored was an absolute screamer, and he assisted. Uh, Edin Dzeko assisted and scored in that game uh and it was great to see him score the the final goal of that game i think it was in the 87th minute because he had played so well and had so many good chances before that he deserved to be rewarded with a goal and then the following game um you know against verona uh looked okay the first 15 minutes or so were on the front foot 
Handanovic gifted Hellas a goal, and then they lost their shape for about 20 minutes. All of a sudden, Verona really grew into the match. Second half completely changed things. Joaquin Correa comes on as a substitute, and there you have another sensational debut. He was absolutely incredible scoring a brace in that game, scores a headed goal, and then an unbelievable strike from outside the box. So, so far, so good for Inter. You know, like, like a lot of our teams – haven't really been tested yet, right? So we haven't seen big matches. So, uh, you know, I still, I'm not surprised to see them playing well um, because I watch them because I'm, you know, a nerd. I watch them every, basically every minute they played of the preseason and they looked very organized and they seem to have adapted to Inzaghi pretty quickly. So I wasn't surprised to see that continue into the regular season. Um, you know, obviously, you know, you lost a couple of very important players and that ties into the Mercato conversation I almost feel like in Inter's case, I've got to give out two separate grades. Like, I've got to give out a grade to the club as a whole, and I've got to give out a grade to the directors because Marotta and Auxilio, obviously it's not their fault the debt, you know, is as high as it was. Uh, it's not their fault they had to cut costs the way that they did. So if I'm going to give a grade to the club as a whole – uh, and this is not even to say I don't think they had, you know, at the end of the day, all things considered, a good Mercato. I just I can't go higher than like a six and a half in a Mercato where you lose Ashraf Hakimi and Romelu Lukaku. And especially the way that they lost Lukaku, it kind of made you feel like they shouldn't have even had to have sold Hakimi in the first place. Now, maybe at the end of the day, Lukaku really did badly want to go back to Chelsea and push for the move, and they had already sold Hakimi early in the transfer window. But it's like, for the club as a whole, when you lose two players who were that instrumental in the Scudetto last season, I can't really go higher than a 6.5. Uh, and th the score could have been much lower than that because uh, I thought that they did a, a pretty damn good job with a limited budget replacing those players and that's why if I'm going to give a separate grade to Marotta and Auxilio I give those guys like a solid nine okay because you know they they replaced Lukaku with volume um, obviously Lukaku himself for what he did under Conte ball I don't think the guy is replaceable but you know they replaced him with Ed and Jekko when I know he's 35 there's going to be some consistency issues I'm sure it's why you need depth there uh, but Jekko's looked very good the first two games. Joaquin Correa obviously had a fantastic debut, and he's got the familiarity with Sadi. Sorry, with uh, with with Inzaghi. Uh, I got I got Sadi on on the brain now after the conversation was had. So he's got the familiarity does Correa with with Inzaghi, and that's a player Inzaghi wanted. So I think he's going to fit like a glove in this formation. And even though again Lukaku himself is not replaceable. Inter actually have a deeper striker rotation than they had the last two years because the last two years with a front two, they really only had three guys who could play because the fourth guy last year was Pinamonti, who I, I don't rate as highly as some other people do, and Conte didn't trust him. The year before that, Esposito, who was 17 years old at the time, he's tearing up the Swiss League now, but Conte didn't trust him enough, so they had three guys in Lautaro, Lukaku, and Alexis to play two spots where right now they've got five guys to play two spots because, you know, Satriano being the fifth, who is a little bit green, but I think a very bright future, the Uruguayan, he may end up going out on loan in January, but he stays for now. Satriano, Alexis, I think might even be healthy at the end of the international break, which would be big because I was worried about that injury he has. And then Correa, Jekko, and Lautaro, who I think is going to have a nice year. So depth-wise, they have more than they had. Uh, so they're going to try to replace Lukaku with, you know, 
quantity more than quality. Um, you know, Hakimi was sold. The jury is still out on Denzel Dumfries. Um, I like his pace a lot, and I, I didn't watch him nearly enough at PSV. You know, you watch a highlight reel, everybody looks like, you know, the greatest thing since sliced bread. I did watch him with the Netherlands and the Euros, and I really liked what I saw, and I wanted them to buy Dumfries. Uh, he's he's barely featured yet. Mateo Darmian has looked very good so far. Obviously, he's not going to be consistent enough for all three competitions. So they're going to have to work Dumfries in. Uh, you know, they replaced. Now, Ericsson was not sold. This was an act of God with what happened to him uh, at the Euros. Uh, so they bring in Hakan. And I know, and I know we have Milan Isti in the chat, and I get it. I watched him at Milan. There could be consistency problems. I understand that, right? So I'm hoping that with Inter's midfield depth, they can afford some of his inconsistency issues. And I'm also hoping a change of scenery will do him good. I know that when he's at his peak and he's really invested, he's capable of doing you know, what he did against Genoa, and there could be blackouts where, where Hakan is not doing very well. But listen, overall, it's like um, obviously with a limited budget because they didn't reinvest most of the money that they brought in from those sales. Uh, I thought Inter, Inter did a pretty damn good job, all things considered. And they are, they're still a Scudetto contender. Um, I don't know if I would call them a favorite, even with what's happening at Juventus. I, I still feel like uh, Juventus under Allegri are going to figure it out. And I certainly think Napoli are in the mix. Um, I certainly think Milan are, are in the mix. I think Lazio could be a dark horse, and Roma have impressed the hell out of me, so I don't know what to do with them. But, yeah, I mean, I think I give Inter's directors a 9, and I give the club club as a whole uh, about uh, a 6.5. So, yeah, we'll, we'll close out uh, the episode on that note. I want to give everybody a chance to plug your stuff. We'll start with our guests. Uh, Raf, let me go to you first. And you, you right. and Rafa – do an awesome job on the Raf and Raf rant. Let people know where they can find your work. Uh, well, on Twitter, uh, be at Raf rant. Uh, you can also go on YouTube, uh, the Raf and Raf rant. Uh, check there. Uh, we also far from Vesuvius. We we're, we're trying to do big things there. We ramp that um, <clears throat> that group. So we got a lot of excited things. This is our first full season because um, we started we started the show in January of this year. So we only had a half a season, but we had good growth. Uh, we had a lot of fun, and and we're gonna roll into a full season now, and hopefully uh, it, it 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 all works out. So you can catch us there if you're a big Napoli fan, but uh, or any fan really. If you're just a Calcio fan, you need some info. It, we we're we're not pretentious there. It's a good vibe show. Uh, we all have a good time. You can participate in the chat. Uh, Jerry Mancini was there. Alex, I hope to have you soon. Man, no, definitely. Well. Uh, you, know. you know, we want to do an inter, definitely parlay inter thing. Uh, you know, Nima was on our show once. So, um, but yeah, at the Raf Rant or the Raf and Raf Rant, check it out. Uh, hey, dude, it's it's, it's funny. Down. Like I I enjoy. You know, obviously, I'm I'm an inter supporter. And so I listen to a lot of shows that are interspecific. I listen to like general calcio shows, but I also like I enjoy a lot of content creators who cover other teams. Like I enjoy what you and Rafa do. I enjoy what our friend Joe Fischetti does with Napoli. Right. Um, believe it or not, I even listen not necessarily every week, but a lot of weeks. I listen to the Milan Weekly Pod with our guys Vinny and Steve. I find them to be incredibly entertaining. The only thing I can't bring myself to is listening to a whole lot of Juventus stuff. I know that our guys, uh, our guys Lucci and Alberto, do some Juventus content but i don't go that far and i also like uh steve chavillo's content on roma uh which which is good as well so i, I like i like a lot of the content being done uh yeah. even other clubs specific uh mass what about you let people know where they can find you uh they can find me on twitter at mass 148 and uh on instagram at uh, mas.richo 
Um, it's all things Roma. I'm trying to kind of maybe sort of streamline it on uh, Twitter to really just cater to Roma and the inner, inner workings. So, uh, yeah, for all things Roma and uh, Calcio, you can find me there. Now, M- Manny, pop your head uh, back in here, sir. Let people know where they can find you. Or maybe he dipped out to feed the dog. I mean, there, there you go. I basically do everything with you. So wherever they yeah, find man. me, they'll find me. <laughs> so it don't really matter. Um, you can find me uh, at Five Reasons Sports. I do a lot of shows there. Also, make sure if you're a huge Miami sports fan, no matter what sport, also any soccer fan as well. Um, Donald Daly, Monday through Friday with this man to my left. Uh, Alex Donald right here. We have a show 12 to 1 all day, every day. Um, yeah, that's about it. Beautiful. Jerry, you 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 do a great job writing about Lazio. And Jerry looks Inter. like he's ready to bed. No, I'm fucking pissed, man. Jerry's Why? looking stressed, bro. Why are you pissed, bro? He's just looking at that fantasy football team, and he's like, uh, "Oh he boy, drafted he drafted guys. the wrong." I drafted five guys during this. They're off in the same week, and two of them oh, are my no. and two of them oh, are my quarterback. Hold on, two of them are my quarterback. Oh <laughs> no, yeah. So you you got you got to pick up another quarterback. Well, then you can worry about that when you have to get to that bridge, Jerry. Yeah, when you reach that bridge. that's so what I'm happens when you stream in fantasy at the same time. You know, <laughs> well, the bookmakes are tricky I, I though. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, I accommodated you, fucks. Fucking <laughs> fuckers. No, you have to go best available. Don't worry about fuck you. Me. You got Sakanyi, all right. I don't want to. Yeah, fuck you, Jerry. Seriously, we're still gonna freaking lose anyways. Fucking somehow, some way, we always piss it, pissed it three years ago against Inter, four years ago. Oh, and, and, and Jerry, do it. Do us all a favor and like on your Twitter, post a screenshot of your fantasy team so we can all please, see it and please. and let people let people know where they can find you and find your work. Um, J Mancini eight. You can find my work. I have some stuff on Serpents and Mondanina. I just wrote up on the game Laziale. I wrote up on the recent game too. Winners and losers, basically, and I wrote a piece on Caicedo actually, and uh, it's basically how he went from a player who people wanted him out of the club to becoming a fan favorite and hero, and now loved by many. And he basically proved many wrong. It's it's basically a thank you to Caicedo for what. He was able to do with Lazio. I believe he has. He holds the record for most game, most goals scored after the 90th minute, yeah. with six, and wow. five of them have been game winners. Um, I don't know anybody who will come close like he does as Mister Clutch. But I saw a comment just to go back a while back, and this during this pod is that. People think that Genoa is going to be a good team this year. There's a problem here, guys. You buy eight new players and nine. That's not always a good thing because these guys haven't been able to play together. You're throwing players all over the pitch, and they have little time to, like, develop that chemistry, to develop how they understand how to play each other. So you you got to – just got to be careful, man, like – do I do I miss Caicedo? Yeah, I I do, but he's thirty two. He's up in age, and and like I, I trust. Sorry, okay, I trust. Sorry that if he sees that he is not the guy, there you go, Maximovich. Good luck, <laughs> Maximovich. I got you, Jerry. I got you, Jerry. Vasquez, Fades. Holy shit, man! You know I'm not gonna shit on Fades. Actually, <laughs> I won't shit on him because. He, 
it just didn't go right for him last season. He's got a lot of talent. I hope hopefully he can find it at Genoa. But um, Maxi's second half last year was atrocious. It was yeah, I remember terrible. that. He became a hated man in in Napoli. So we'll see what he does for Genoa. But but again, I, I understand that we didn't want to sell Caicedo, but Caicedo wanted. He's making over two million dollars at Genoa. We weren't gonna pay Caicedo two and a half million to be our backup when they already signed Marici. It, it, it sucks, but that's just the way it goes. You made the investment. You got to stick through it. How many how many investments can you make that you're letting sit on the bench? It's bad yeah. enough. We, 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 we don't have so many players registered right now. Like, they don't have homes. Dermisi's not playing this season now because we didn't transfer him out because there's no selling in Terna. Um, Jordan Lukaku never got a, a, a chance. Didn't even smell the, the, the pitch during preseason. Can't believe like this guy was a, a, a favorite under Inzaghi right like, three seasons. Um, it's just Dennis Vavro, like ten million dollars. This is money wasted, man. And, like bad, but again, <laughs> I guess you, you got the options. If someone gets hurt and someone goes down, I guess you can take them out of the squad and you put somebody else in, right? So I guess they're available. They're riding away, waiting to go. But who all knows? And, and, but, and, and by the way, th- thanks to everyone. Oh, hello. Thanks to everyone Jack, who was with us on the live chat. I feel like we had a pretty good mix. We had uh, uh, an Interista in there, a Laziale, Napoli supporters, Milan supporters. I, I feel like it was, a, it was a good mix in the chat. And to David, thank you for the kind words. He says uh, he, he likes the five of us together, so he wants to see more of this. So how, how about that? How about that? <laughs> I don't know why you don't come on more, Biz. Piece of shit. Hey man, send me the invites, bro. Yeah, I feel like I feel Monday. like he's come on every time we've invited him. So yeah, I mean, maybe I got, uh, I'm two for two, right? You know, yeah, right. <laughs> I didn't get. I want more. I, I I want. You know, I wore this shirt yesterday. I wore it. I, know I wanted to wear it today. I love it. Be- and I did come it because on, fucking yeah, yeah. everybody's calling ADL a papone, and I was like, you know what, papone ain't, ain't easy, bro. Papone ain't easy. Papone ain't easy. That's that's beautiful. So it's so a huge, huge shout out to everybody. Huge thanks to Manny, to Mass, to Raf, and of course to Jerry. And by the way, you guys, uh, I did, I didn't plug oh, my stuff. Italy plays Thursday too, eh? By the way, that's right. Who do who do they play? I got to bet on that one. Bulgaria. I wonder. I got to see what the spread yeah, is. It's probably a goal tomorrow, and a half Serbia. or something. Watching yeah. Serbia tomorrow too. It's my second favorite team now. Yeah, because of uh, SMS. SMS, man. I watch every SMS game because of Serbia. Like I have to watch to see how he's doing. Just. Everything I have to man. If I don't, you have watch... to watch what he eats. You have to see how he yeah. changes his clothes. Yeah, yeah. I, watched, I, I, I watched on Instagram already, man. I, yeah, I bet you I, do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, stop sliding to the DMs, bro. You have a game to worry about. <laughs> oh man, so huge thanks, you guys. You can see the Twitter handle there, and uh, check me out. Manny already mentioned I do a, a daily live stream on the Five Reasons Sports Network. We do mix in a little bit of of soccer, football, depending on where you're from, Calcio, but we do primarily talk American sports. But you can check me out there, twelve to one p.m. on Five Reasons Sports YouTube. We will talk to you guys again next time. Huge thanks to Manny. Mass, Raph, Jerry, I'm Dono. We'll talk to you guys on another episode of the Calcio Connection podcast. Ciao. You've a shit. Mayor